We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com weekly Twitter Spaces show. Thanks, everybody, for joining us here. We do have playoff games starting up in just a little bit. We also have the NFL draft tonight, too. It's an exciting sports night. Appreciate all of you joining us. We have plenty of Lakers basketball to cover as well. We'll bring some of you guys up on stage, so to speak, as we're going through our conversation. I know we've got some of the Lakers Nation crew that's going to be coming in. As well, we're going to talk a little bit about free agency. We're going to talk a little bit about trade targets, stuff like that. Lots of stuff to dive into. Starting things off, joining is Sean Davis from LakersNation.com. Sean, how are you doing, man? I'm doing really good, Trevor. Uh, this is cool that we're doing this again. It's, and like you mentioned, it's a great draft. Or crap, uh, that was leading into what I was going to say. It's a great day to be a sports fan. My Chargers were going to bomb the draft. Have a great draft. And yeah, it's a great day to be a sports fan. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an exciting night, and we've also got the Toronto Raptors. Could be, maybe, be making history if they can win here in Game 6. We could be looking at the first time ever in the NBA that a 3-0 deficit has been overcome if they can defeat the 76ers. But again, got to win in Game 6 tonight at home in order to head back to Game 7. We'll see if that's going to happen or not. We also have Ryan Ward from LakersNation.com on here. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm good, fellas. How you guys doing? Uh, hanging in there. Hanging. It's a little bit weird this year that there's no Lakers basketball on right now. Like I'm enjoying the playoffs, but it's weirdly low stress for me because I'm not I'm not living and dying with every single play of a Lakers game right now. But that there's not always that's not necessarily a good thing either. Oh, I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm loving this. Man. It's kind of it's surreal. I don't. I can't remember the the last time I felt like this where we didn't have that kind of pressure. But then again, there was a long stretch where it was like that. Yeah, very true. We did have our, our moments there where uh, we had the Lakers in the playoffs and it was stressful and all that. Right now, I'm just kind of enjoying some some good basketball, some quality basketball. And I guess that that's really where I want to start is and we'll start with uh, with you, Ryan, on this. What have you learned from the playoffs that we can take away regarding the Lakers? Watching the playoff games that we've seen so far, obviously just in the first round, a few series have gotten gotten out of the first round now. 
what takeaways do we have in regards to the Lakers, how far they need to go, what what they need to do? What do you have there? I kind of get the sense we're kind of heading into a new era of NBA basketball. Like these um, new stars are kind of emerging and actually proving themselves to be legit instead of just kind of, you know, one or first round flunkies like the Nets. <laughs> um but I just it, it just feels like there's kind of a a change happening, you know? Like it's kind of the older guys are taking a back seat and guys like John Morant, you know, Luca and um I mean I guess Giannis is like the old guy now, right, among this group and it's it's all changing. And I kinda think uh one thing I do think I have found interesting, um, at least in my thought process that has changed, is that I think the the days of the superstar or superstar teams is kind of over. Um, uh, where teams, you know, just packing their teams with with the, the high priced talent, you know, instead of it seems more of like it's, it's going on the team basketball route with you know maybe one star and a lot of very good complementary pieces. Um, so that could be a shift as well. I just think things are kind of starting to change. I find I find it interesting. I, I, I like it actually. Sean, do you agree? Are we are we moving out of the era of the super team? I mean, we've talked about this a little bit. That maybe more of a two star at most model, surrounded by solid by good complementary pieces, is the wave of the future. It, do you agree? Is that the way this is heading? Because I, I agree with Ryan personally. I think that does look like what uh, what the league is is shifting towards. Yeah, I agree with Ryan as well, and I think it's really good for basketball that that shift seems to be happening before us. And also, like Ryan mentioned, I do agree that uh, one of the bigger takeaways is like these young stars, Luca, Ja, Tatum. Luca's finally look like he's about to get out of the first round. Um, Giannis is kind of the old guy now, which is crazy to say. He's what, only 27, maybe. Um, but for me, I'll go more of an X's and O's route. The biggest thing is like, one of these we kind of already knew is that you have to have good defense to win a title. Like, if we go back for, like, the last decade, maybe taking out that Cavs team, there hasn't been a team that won the NBA championship that hasn't had a good defense. And then, like, all these teams that we're talking about that you see put into uh, championship contention list or whatever, they all have really good ball movement, too. Like, obviously, Golden State, Miami, those are the two biggest teams that stand out. But Phoenix, Milwaukee, Memphis, they kind of they move the ball really, really well, which is something they probably don't think as much about. But those are probably the two biggest takeaways outside of what Ryan said, is that the high-level defense and then the offensive ball movement that we're seeing from all the great teams are still playing. I think it's just becoming so clear that you have to have – you've got to have two-way players. You've got to have guys who can yes. do both things in order to find success because – Number one, I mean, offenses are becoming so and so good at so good at just recognizing any kind of weakness that you've got and exploiting that. And then on the flip side, you have to have guys who can give you floor spacing, who can give you the room that your stars need to operate, which again flies in the face of what the Lakers did this last offseason. They zigged when everybody else was in the middle of this this shift towards zagging. And in a way, what the Lakers did. It almost reminds me, if I go way, way back, we go back far enough, if you think back to the Kwame Brown trade, and I'm not talking about the Kwame Brown for Pau Gasol trade, I'm talking about the Karan Butler for Kwame Brown trade, and the Lakers' mentality at that time, 
it went against what the league was shifting towards, and that was smaller play. The Lakers at that moment decided, well, you know what, Lamar Odom, who's what, 6'10", 6'11", something like that, he's really a small forward. That's his best position. We're going to play him in a small forward, which by today's standards seems absolutely crazy. But that was their decision. Let's get Kwame Brown so we can have a big front court. It's going to be Chris Mim and Kwame Brown and Lamar Odom. And then next thing you know, that season, suddenly we started to see everything shift towards smaller play, pace, three-point shooting, all of that stuff. That was when that really got going. And the Lakers took a almost a step back towards the, the way things used to be. That's kind of what they did this last this past summer, too. They went and got a third star and Russell Westbrook said the stars matter, the role players don't. All of these sorts of things, when the entire league, it feels like, is in this midst of a shift towards, no, 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 you need chemistry, you need cohesiveness, you need continuity, and you need depth in order to get, get it done in this league. I just wonder if they can change their mentality quick enough to catch up to a very, very quickly evolving NBA landscape. You just brought back nightmares with the Stonehands uh, Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Lost track of how many times though, Kobe was frustrated when he would just not be able to catch the basketball because his hands were so small. <laughs> no, yeah, that that those were the dark, the Stone Ages there with Kwame Brown, uh, Stephen A. Smith would say. But yeah, th- that was tough. <laughs> I just, I it just it reminds me of that. And and by the way, obviously the Lakers probably should we could say shouldn't have done that move, but it led to Pau Gasol. Who knows? Maybe what the Lakers did last offseason will eventually somehow, some way, lead to something great. But we'll see. I'm not I'm not convinced, and I think that they've got a lot of catching up to do in terms of the way basketball is being played and what their mindset was in terms of building out this team. I think they really they almost have to go back to what they had in 2020, even though that wasn't their preference. That wasn't what they wanted. They wanted three stars. They wanted LeBron and Paul George and Anthony Davis. That was the first goal. Then it was LeBron and Kawhi and Anthony Davis. And that didn't happen. And they kind of fell backwards into a championship. They went, wait, somehow this works. Two stars and all these great role players. It works. And then when the opportunity came up, they went, yeah, but we always kind of really wanted three stars. So let's go get Russell Westbrook. And of course, LeBron played a big role in going and getting Russ. And we're hearing more and more about, you know, internally, the Lakers are pointing fingers at Clutch Sports saying, you guys made us get Russ. And here we are. Uh, Ryan, I'm sure you have something to say about that. How much do you buy into this finger pointing, the blame game, the front office saying, well, it was Clutch really that wanted Russ and they pressured us into doing it? Well, I mean, it's obviously a leak coming from the Lakers, right? Like, um, clutch isn't leaking that for one. <laughs> and two, I, I just, I just get the sense there's just a lot of frustration. It's something that they, maybe they weren't all on board with at first and understandably so, cause it still doesn't make sense to me now. Um, and they, they just, now it's falling apart and their options are super limited and they don't know what to do. You know, they're going to have to pull off some kind of, miracle, you know, Kwame Brown for Powell type trade, you know, to get back on track. And it just doesn't seem like the cards are in line. And maybe now that it's like the reality is starting to sink in, maybe people in the Lakers front office are just like, yeah, it was these guys. 
they're the problem, not us, right? So it's just all ugly, man. It's it's not good. Like <laughs> I honestly, this is probably going to be the craziest off season we probably have have had that we've ever covered because I have no idea what's going to happen. No, clue. right? I yeah. mean, that's and that's unreal because think about just the madness. Because every year the Lakers are included in just about every rumor out there, right? The Lakers' name gets put in everything. And this offseason is going to be insane. I've been saying it. I've been reminding people like, hey, follow LakersNation.com. You need to be subscribing to the YouTube channel, the podcast, all all that kind of stuff. Because this is going to be the most important offseason that we've seen in a long, long time. It's going to be nuts, the stuff that's going to be going on. I mean, I on one hand, I can't wait for it. But on the other, I'm a little bit nervous, too. Like, people are looking at this as it can't get worse. And I think this is the yeah. worst season that we've seen in, in Lakers history and relative to expectations. But it can get worse if you make <laughs> if you make the wrong choices. So I'm, I'm a little bit nervous too. Totally, man. Are we, we can talking like we're 32 and 50 worse? Not sure. Like I think when people say it can't get worse, they're talking more record rise, maybe. I'm not sure personally that it can get worse. I obviously like they screwed things up more like long term potentially, but that's what it is though. Think, yeah, yeah, you know, because yeah. these guys aren't getting any younger, and AD's not getting any healthier. You know, it's like, yeah, I think we've come to the conclusion now. LeBron's, in, you know, heading toward the you know the tail end of his career, and AD just can't stay healthy. Like, I was doing these report cards, you know, for the the IG page, and I looked at AD's stats, and I I was blown away, man. I think it was what forty games he played. And he shot eighteen percent from three. Oh, his his three point shot completely <laughs> abandoned like, him. Whoa! Yeah, if, if the Lakers want him, or if he wants to go back to the four next year, he has to re- rediscover that that three point shot. Unless you're getting a stretch five, and I don't think there's anybody the Lakers can afford that can be a stretch five because you can't put eighty yeah. at the four if he's shooting eighteen percent from three. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know what? I think another thing a lot of people aren't thinking about is um, maybe people are seeing this from the outside and being like, I don't want to go to that dumpster fire. I don't want to be part of that. I would you think know? that. I mean, Malik Monk came in and he's probably the only guy that comes out unscathed and actually better, right? Like his position's better. He's going to make more money. Yeah. Um, but that's about it. Right, the Westbrook is totally went the opposite direction. Right now, everybody views him in a certain way, and who knows what's going to happen with his career. Um, AD, it's like even more so that you know the injury-prone label. Uh, LeBron, it, I don't know how you even really perceive LeBron now. I mean, a lot of people probably have mixed emotions, but um, it's just it's all bad. I don't know who looks at this team and be like, yeah, I want to go there, dude. Yeah. I want to play there. Um, Same for the coaching market. Like, yeah. Literally, like, we've yeah. already heard the rumblings that Quinn Snyder, unfortunately, doesn't want to come to the Lakers because of how they fired Frank Vogel right after the buzzer sounded. Well, then you got to think he is the only guy that's actually been in the organization already, right? So he's already got a taste of it before. So he has yeah. a sense yeah. of how things run. And then he sees this and he's like, yeah, I'm out. Peace. I think that's going to be part of the reason why the Lakers may wind up making a Russell Westbrook trade. And I think it's got to be a big swing. 
and it might mean sacrificing future draft capital because you may find yourself in a situation where unless you move Russ and unless you get guys that are interesting, let's say it's Malcolm Brogdon and, and Buddy Heald, right? You get you get pieces like that back where people go, all right, hey, those guys can play. If you don't do something like that, the guys who are free agents are going to say, what, take less to play for the Lakers? No, thank you. I'm not doing that. But if the Lakers make this kind of big move where people think, okay, all right, we can see what they're doing here, that might be their only shot at getting mm-hmm. competent players in free agency to round out their roster, given the limiting spend, limited spending power they're going to have. That makes sense. I could see that. Yeah. Hey, they have to guys? step in the right direction I- in order to attract people. Because right now it's just there's no attraction whatsoever. I do want to take a moment here welcome in our guy Mark Gunnels from LakersNation.com. Mark, thanks for joining us. Hey, what's up? How are you guys doing? Doing good, doing good. How are you? How are you doing, Mark? You you finished the year. You're you're famous for your betting segments. You finished the year in the green. So despite the fact that the Lakers gave us pain, Mark was out here for the Lakers Nation handing out the cash. Well, you know, a lot of it was fading in the Lakers, unfortunately. So. <laughs> that did happen. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> hey, it's unfortunate it had to be that way, but at least you want some money if you follow my picks. So <laughs> That's right. That, that's what that, that matters at the end of the day. It makes you feel a little bit better, at least. But, Mark, how are you feeling heading, heading into this offseason? What do you see on the horizon here, here for the Lakers? Are you... Nervous? Can they turn this thing around? How are you feeling about uh, their their prospects here? Well, I mean, you guys kind of already touched on it. They're kind of handicapped in what they can really do outside of trading on Westbrook, right? And how much value does he really have? Now, if you get a Brogdon and Buddy Hill, I think that's an absolute home run for Westbrook at this point in his career. And I came in a little late. Have you guys touched on the head coaching uh, vacancy yet? Sean mentioned it a little bit. Who who are you guys thinking? Um, who do I we want, just, or who's realistic? Both. I Give me both. Trevor Lane. Trevor Lane. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's hire Trevor for head coach. No problem. I, I'll be head coach as, as long, long as I've said this before. As long as I can make Rajon Rondo my assistant coach, then I am fine. I will be the head coach in name only. And I will enjoy my courtside seats, and I will give Ron the clipboard, and I will say, "Do your thing." Uh, so you'll just be the face, okay? That's right. That's but uh, right. what about what about this name? I know it's been kind of floated around out there, and I mean, if they get him, I think that's the absolute home run, and that's Nick Nurse. It's not happening. So, that would be awesome. But yeah, I don't see what, him leaving oh. Toronto, man. What about the Clutch Sports connection? You know, people are kind of talking about that. Bro, I, go ahead, Brian. No, I was just saying maybe there's a little fire, you know, smoke there, but like, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. It just doesn't make sense, right? Like, why would he leave a team where he's in complete control? Everybody respects him to go somewhere where it could, he could really, really hurt his coaching legacy quickly. He, you know, he can. He's won a ring at Toronto already. He could stay there and like maybe win one playoff series a year for the next ten years and be completely fine. Right. Yeah, so like, and make uh, make a bunch of money, and make a bunch of money while doing it. Um, personally, and, and he's about to set a set a record this year, right? Yeah, he's he's going to do it in a few days. History. They're going to do something nobody's ever done <laughs> at make the expense of Doc. <laughs> <laughs> at the expense of Doc. Yeah, uh, no, I Doc. agree with you guys, but I just wanted to throw it out there. I know a lot of Lakers fans are yeah. hoping and dreaming yeah. about that. 
Yeah, it's not happening. Me personally, I kind of want either Quinn Snyder or Darvin Ham. I don't think Quinn's going to happen anymore, but those would probably be my top two picks for the Lakers. Would you guys admit that there's like really no perfect guy? Like it doesn't, there's yeah. nobody you're like, oh yeah, yeah. he Can comes in. Besides Nurse, is, you know, it's that's pretty close, but like you're just like, and then there's like, you know, was it Lamar Odom floated Phil Jackson? I was like, there's no way Phil Jackson. <laughs> he's not coming. He, he's staying in Montana. He's not coming out of retirement. Didn't, didn't, Shaq, didn't Shaq say he wants to be a coach? Oh, yeah. 25, 25 million. Yeah. yeah, he would do that. <laughs> um, I do have a, a guest coming on here. I've got KB Brown, 22. I brought him in specifically because this is, this is for you, Ryan. He's mm. got hashtag Raider for life. Oh, in his, come on, in man. Twitter bio here, so welcome <laughs> on, man. Class. No class. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh, man. man. It was, it's, it, Raider it, fans. It's, I'm sorry. It's it's embedded in the blood, man. It's It's been going back since my great-grandfather, so, uh, you know, it's a family thing. Um, unfortunately, we suck right now, but, uh, you know, hopefully we have a better nah, season. we don't we have suck right most. now. Yes, you do. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Don't listen to the guy who just traded Tyreek Hill. Don't listen to that guy. Go Chiefs, baby. You know what I just right, realized? Man. We got the whole AFC West up here. I didn't hey. include the Broncos because they suck. So, I mean, you got the three <laughs> important teams up on the panel. No, That's right. No. Sean's a Chargers guy, huh? Yeah, yeah there we no. go. If anything, I just had one question for everyone, I guess. Mark Gunnels, thanks for doing you know, your bets. Dude. I follow all that, especially with uh, Trevor Lane. I watch your uh, your podcast like every single week, just hoping there would be something new that comes up where it's like – Oh, we traded Russell Westbrook like we uh, well, like it happened live. I seen that when it was you and um, I forgot his name. He's gone. Ron with the Nuggets. Ron. Yeah. Ron Gutterman, man. I miss him too. So no, Ron's um, dead to us. Ron's dead. To <laughs> <us>. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. When it came to Mark Jackson and everybody was mentioning his name, I was like, I don't want Mark Jackson, but um, Ham. I wanted him because he seems like he's like new blood. If anything, and Quinn Snyder. I don't know if it's just me as just being a fan of basketball in general but do you guys think the reason why he's failing so much is the personnel he has in utah or does it matter where he is team-wise why well, he's failing so he said yeah i mean because yeah. utah's always been a deployment i don't think they have the right guys like i, I just think no. i don't think they work well together and then obviously the whole gobert mitchell thing you don't know how bad that really is um it just it's just, I think he's a perfect kind of regular season coach, and then playoff time, it just kind of goes to shit. <laughs> I also don't think, I do think a large part of his personnel, and that's why I think it'd be such a great fit, especially like throwing out hypotheticals. If you did that Pacers deal, Brogdon and Heald with pair of LeBron and AD, in my opinion, that is such a perfect fit for what Quinn Snyder wants, especially more offensively for Buddy, but... Um, just he does have the right personnel in Utah. He has in a starting five one good defender, and that's Royce O'Neal. Everybody else on the perimeter, anyway. Everybody else is liabilities, and they just don't have guys that can really guard. If we're being mm-hmm. honest, got it, got it. Because I was well, just that's the thing, though, right? Go. Like in the playoffs, defense matters. Defense like, matters, yep. and they can't guard. Yeah, and then you get exposed pretty quickly, right? Yeah. We've we've seen this mo with Utah for literally years now, though. Where they're True. in the, the in the middle of January on a random Wednesday, they're going to make your defense look bad. But when teams lock in on them and what they do on the offensive end come playoff time, the Jazz go home early. So 
it would have to be a question of can Quinn Snyder get you through the regular season and then come playoff time, hey, LeBron, here's the ball. Go do what you do. I don't know. Is that is that enough to make Quinn Snyder the guy if you know that come playoff time he's got a history of of, of coming up short? That's I think it's a question the Lakers are, are going to have to very seriously weigh, and they're going to have to decide – is it a Quinn Snyder problem that his teams keep coming up short? Is it is that a characteristic of him as a coach? Or was that a characteristic of the team that was put together by the front office? And the the answer to that will ultimately determine whether or not he's a candidate. Do you guys truly believe we're going to get either Quinn Snyder or Darvin Ham? Was that it, Sean? Yeah, that Darvin. I've been on the Darvin Ham train, though, for, since like January. I don't know about the rest of the guys, but um, yeah, I, I would love those two. One of those two. Where is Darvin Ham right now? Who's he uh, assistant coach for? Assistant for Milwaukee. He's followed Boone oh, Hoser. Okay. He started with Boone Hoser in Atlanta and followed him to Milwaukee. Because he was an assistant for the Lakers at one point, right? Yeah, in like mm-hmm. 2011 to 13, maybe. That sounds about right. Okay. So there's the family tree. There's that Lakers connection. There you go. Yeah. So he's on, a side note, <laughs> on a side note, on a side note, all I'm going to say is this. You guys see the, my profile picture. That's what the Lakers did to me for this year. That's all I got to say. <laughs> is, that why, is that why you've got the crying joint? Like, did, did you it. change it to that yes. really because of this season? Yes, yes I did. Because it was just literally, this is like the worst season I've ever seen with like no effort given. Like I tried to jump on your lives and just hit you with the, okay, here we go. Another game without giving effort or energy. And then it, it, just, came, it just became a trend. So then I was like, you know what? Let me just go ahead and just show my pain on, on, on Twitter. Because this is just, <laughs> it's killing me. It's killing me. I, I'm right there with you. And that, that was, I think that was what made this, again, or part of what made this the worst season ever was there were so many games that they lost where it just, it felt almost like they didn't really care that much about winning the game and they were finding ways to lose. And it was just, it was maddening knowing that as the second they get their ho- get your hopes up, you're going into the fourth quarter, hey, they've got a five-point lead. Maybe they're going to do it. Oh, no, they lost by 10. It just seemed like it played out that way over and over and over again. Yeah. Brutal, brutal season. So I, I think that is very appropriate. Rocking the, the crying Jordan as the, the profile picture as a, as a Lakers fan. Yeah. You need to change it to uh, Jose Alvarado. <laughs> he has been getting CP3 lately with that, just staying at that, like the other side of the court. Dude, if the Lakers had a guy like him and Herb Jones and guys that actually gave a shit, I think they'd be <laughs> Much better off, Ryan. <laughs> I Ryan, I like that. Alex Caruso. Yeah, there you go. <sighs> I mean, just no, no, so, doesn't it like really like in retrospect? Doesn't it really baffle you guys that they they gave away all those guys, all those guys who 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 put effort on the defensive end for a bunch of dudes that can only score, <laughs> and that's it. It was it was mind boggling. But my biggest thing is with the draft that we had this year was we got Austin Reeves. Now, like I said in the previous podcast, I think it was with Anthony Irwin and them. I was like, now I'm scared we're going to trade Reeves away. And I'm like, don't do that. Like, he's a gym. Keep him. Malik Monk, I'm sure we'll lose him. I like Stanley Johnson and winning Gabriel about the potential they could have with this Mm -hmm. team. Dude, I would say everything's on the table. They're going to be so desperate. Like any asset is going to be on the table. I think you do what you can to hang on to just because what are you going to salary wise? You're not going to get Austin Reeves is going to be 1.5 million when the calendar rolls over to January or July. I mean, so 
I don't think you're going to get a lot for those guys, but I but I'm nervous too about the Lakers potentially moving players like that. I think you hang on to your diamonds in the rough guys, and then you try to build forward from there. But we'll see. I mean, that like you said, they are going to be desperate, and that's going to be a challenge too because that's the perception of the Lakers around the NBA, which we've seen going back to the classic movie draft day. What happens when you're perceived as the desperate team? You get Tom Michaels calling on the phone. Sorry, I've got NFL draft on the mind. But you've got him calling on the phone trying to fleece you for all your first-round picks for the next three seasons so you wind up with Bo Callahan. I don't want him to wind up with Bo Callahan this season. But, Sean, don't you think after watching these last, what, three games that with the young kids we have already, giving them away would be a a total mistake? Or do you think it would be an actual, you know, good thing to let them go? I'm not trading unless, like, you're they're going to be, like, and, again, their contracts aren't worth much to where it can actually really matter in a trade. I'm keeping, I'm, like, hugging Austin Reeves and Stanley Johnson as tight as I can and not letting them go at all. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not letting those guys walk at all. I mean, well, we technically, they can't walk unless we decline their team options, but I'm not including them in a trade. No. So let me ask you guys this. Where do you guys stand on THT? Goodbye. Goodbye. Should have been Lowry. Should have been Lowry. Yeah. Should have been Lowry. Goodbye, THT. He's pissed me off every time I watch him. He has so much potential, but then a thumb, then an ankle. That's just me. Westbrook didn't help. No. That was a a terrible fit with with Russell Westbrook. I I think THT's value is going to be at at an all time low. And so you're going to be, you're you're selling low on his contract if you move him this offseason. But that doesn't mean that moving him is the wrong decision either. Um, I think they're almost going to have to just in order to make salaries match in any kind of deal to land somebody like you want to go get in on the mix for you know, Jeremy Grant or whoever else winds up being out there. Jeremy um, Grant is a wish list. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't think you're, you're actually getting him, but I mean, to get in the conversation with any of those guys that, that could be out there, you're pretty much going to have to include THT, not because teams are clamoring to get him, but because you need his salary going out to make it happen. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, that's probably that's probably right on the money there. I agree. I totally agree. I totally agree. I just, I'm just wondering who we're going to get. That's, I'm watching your, your lives. Listen to Anthony Irvin's talks pod, like podcast just to see. Oh, that's where you went wrong right there, bro. Anthony uh, Irwin. <laughs> I go back and forth. I go back and forth. No. <laughs> no, drugs are bad. 
Drugs are bad. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, Ryan. Oh, I meant, Ryan. To, I meant to say KB, too, man. I appreciate you uh, following my picks this year, man. It means a lot. Dude, when when it came to going against uh, – I'm sorry. I did the same thing. When it came to going against the Lakers, I'm like, look, I'm going to make my money. I'm still going to be mad that I'm betting against my own team. So Yeah. yeah. It's like one of those things where, you know, okay – we're going to lose the game probably, but hey, at least I won money. So, like, you win, you still win in a way. So, exactly. And if the Lakers do, and if Lakers did surprise you and win, you lost some money. It's like, okay, at least my favorite team won. So, I so, can't you know, the, that. so the funny thing was, I actually, when I did the bets, I did the bets for the Lakers to win when the veterans weren't playing. So, LeBron's not playing, AD's not playing. Cause I'm like, what What else can we lose? So, when we won those games, I'm like, hey, that's, a pl- that's a bonus. So, Right, right, exactly. Hey, KB's a smart man for, uh, you know, following your picks. He's a smart guy, obviously. Oh, yeah. And I was telling Trevor, too, man, I picked a hell of a year to start off with Lakers Nation doing uh, the Hamlet <laughs> thing. Oh, I told him the same thing, except for from, like, great. I picked the picked a great year, man. Yeah. Like, well, it can only go up from here, guys. <laughs> it can only oh, go I know. Here. Let's hope. Yeah, let's, let's hope. hope. Let's I'm, hope. Like, I'm like, man, I'm on Lakers Nation just. Telling Lakers fans to fade their team every night. <laughs> hey, okay. hey, when do the like futures come out for um for like um games one for the Lakers? I, I'm sure oh, it's right after the, the, the finals, hole. right? Don't Probably right after the draft, hole. I would assume, or agency. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you know, dude. I wonder if we could jump on that, like take the over if it's at like I don't know 45 or something, something real low. Oh, yeah, yeah, because the value is going to be – they're not going to be too high. I can't remember what it was before this year, but it had to be in the 50s, I would have Yeah, 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 I think so. Yep. All right, well, hey, KB, thank you so much for coming on, man. We, thank we you, guys. It. Thank you, guys. All right, so we're going to bring on <laughs> another guest. We're going to bring on another guest in uh, in just a moment. Oh, boy. Um, I'm looking at our, our talks here for this. What are our thoughts? Kevin Durant had a comment. I, I need to do a video on this for the, the YouTube channel. But Kevin Durant had some comments where he was basically saying he doesn't think LeBron actually has all this much power in, in the Lakers and like they can make suggestions and stuff like that. It feels like this is a bigger league-wide topic. It's not just the, the Lakers and the Nets are kind of the focal point of this. But the question has been coming up of how much power should players really have in terms of personnel decisions within a franchise and the Lakers and the Nets are kind of the two key examples of this. So where do you guys stand on, on this situation? Mark, let me ask, ask you first, how do you feel about the amount of sway that LeBron has within the organization? Is that a, a negative thing? A positive? Is it neither? What, are you okay with it? How do you feel about all that? I think it's a mixture of both, man. Uh, to me, it depends on the cachet the player has in the league. Obviously, LeBron, he's the most accomplished player in the league right now, currently. So I don't mind him having a big influence on front office decisions. Now, I'm not saying he should make every single decision or even, let's say he like he wants somebody, right? And it should just be like, okay, LeBron wants him, so we're going to get him. But it should definitely be a situation where, you know, Rob Palenka and et cetera, they take it in great consideration. And it's like a collaborative type type of thing, right? Because... I know people say, you know, LeBron's a bad GM and stuff like that. But when you really think about it, if you assume that he was the GM on every team he's been on, he's won four championships. 
if there was any GM right now that's won four championships, we'll be calling that the best GM in the league. So that's where I give some pushback because he's won four titles doing this. So I, I would say, yeah, it's a mixture of both. <clears throat> Ryan, I know you've got something to say on this. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I think it comes down to he's a player, man. Stick to what you do. Don't don't meddle, you know? Are you saying um, stay in your lane right now? Yeah, pretty much. Like, just, I don't understand why. I mean, I get players getting anxious and wanting to win, be competitive every year. But, like, if he if he truly had something to do with the Westbrook thing, that's, I, I don't, I still don't know how that makes sense. Basketball sense, you know? And he's supposed to be a basketball genius. So it's like, if that's the case, hands off, man. Let Planka do it. And I don't even think Plank is great at it, you know, to be honest. Um, he's got that agent mentality, you know. It's, it's just, ah, man, I just wish Jerry West would come back. <laughs> Jerry West, the only guy who's really kind of hit everything out of the park is the entire time he was with the team as a GM, you know. Um, and then, the, you know, GMs around the league – I mean, if you guys had to rank GMs around the league, who would you say is number one? I mean, Masai Ujiri's got to be, be up there, yeah. right? Yeah. But how many can you actually name is a better question. Fair. Because Masai was the first one I came to, 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 first one in my mind. And then after that, I'm like, uh, I don't know if I know 10 of them, you know, or maybe even five. I mean, they're not public facing as, as much. Um, but I mean, there's, there's been a number of them that have made good moves and some of shuffling around and, and things like that. Like even, even Sean Marks, you look at the moves that the Nets made, I think for the most part, people said, okay, these are, this is going to be a really good team. And then Kyrie happened and James Harden happened and that kind of ended up a mess. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think, I think the biggest thing for me with just with Rob is for the most part. I feel like value-wise, he's lost most of the, the trades that we've seen. him. It's been rare where you've been like, oh my gosh, the Lakers got a steal on that. He's found pieces, but he's often had to really pay in order to get those pieces. And I wonder how much of that is the former agent tax being put in there where teams are like, eh, we didn't really like dealing with you. Yeah. So we're not going to give you. A, yeah. But you know what? I think the one thing that does get overlooked with the Lakers is they draft really well. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're really good at drafting players, and that's the one thing they don't want to do, right? They want stars immediately, and, and that's just kind of like a, a Lakers staple. You know, they always want to be in the in the news in, in the headlines, right? They always want to be the top tier teams and all that stuff. And I, that's you have to be when you're worth that much, and and you have such a huge fan base. You have to you know satisfy the masses, but they are damn good at drafting players, right? And and evaluating young talent. But it, it's almost like it goes against them because they never really use it or they, they send the guys out so fast that you never get to see it like turn into what what that player should be or, or is going to be. Right? I mean, like even in the playoffs, you see guys like Brandon Ingram falling out. You know, I mean, you see Larry Nance have the occasional highlight, you know, um, it just gets kind of sad. You're just like, oh, man. I love these guys. <laughs> I love watching these guys playing. Look how good they are now. Um, not saying Larry Nance is like, you know, <laughs> star or anything. <laughs> but I always thought he was a great complimentary player. Mm-hmm. 
Like he's the kind of guy you want on a championship team, a kind of gritty dude who's just going to play his role and not, you know, make waves in any way, you know? Um, but who gets the credit for that? Is that, I mean, is that Rob or is that the scouting department that gets credit for finding guys like Larry Nance, like Jordan Clarkson and, and well, all these guys, Austin Reeves, these guys, like Joey played. Buss, like Joey right. Buss, you know, um, I think they get, they don't get the credit, you know, even though they're the ones pulling the strings and, and evaluating that talent and, and, and maintaining, you know, South Bay Lakers and all that. Um, Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's just, it's just kind of a shame that way, but that's the way it is, you know? Um, so I, I don't know, man. If I can, really quickly, I want to go back to what Ryan was saying about the LeBron thing and if he's involved with Clutch and what, well, if Clutch is involved with roster decisions. In my opinion, it shouldn't be that way anyway. In my opinion, it should be the GM who makes the decisions and the head coach should have some, he should be involved in some way. Obviously, the GM and the front office, they have the final say, but the coach should have some say in the roster. Because we kind of saw like this season, Frank's not the best coach, but we saw this year, if the roster doesn't work, it's all, the coach going to get blamed and he's going to get mm-hmm. fired, right? So it should be the GM and the coach. So for the most part now with stars, like superstars, like LeBron, LeBron's obviously going to have, you're going to ask him for his opinion or whatever, but it shouldn't ever come to a point where you're asking for a certain player's stamp of approval or whatever. No, you're the GM and the coach has to ultimately get these players on the roster that the GM is building to gel. And yeah, it should never, it should never be that way. It should never be where the player has the final stamp of approval on a certain player. Like, no, like, like Ryan said, to a certain extent, go work out, go train, go get better. Let us do our jobs. Cause if we don't do our jobs, we're going to get fired. So let us do our jobs. You go get better. That's how it should be. Wait, a famous quote kind of came in my head. I don't know who the hell said it, but it's kind of like a basic quote, right? And it totally makes sense. And I think with Clutch, you've kind of seen it over the over the years since LeBron's coming to, to play. Like, he's, they're getting a little bit more power every year, right? Mm-hmm. So a little bit more pull. Uh, and then there's a lot more players coming into the fold that are Clutch players. It's like, a, was it um, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? Yeah. So if... You give this, you know, this this agency power, and things go wrong. They are going to start pointing the finger the other way, right? Because they can, because they can just they can bounce, they can leave. Uh, Lakers can't bounce; they're stuck with whatever you give them, right? They they're just stuck, right? So I just think at some point it's going to go this way, because you can't maintain the team forever as a winning franchise. There's always ups and downs, you know, especially with the Lakers. We've seen it. And that's where you've got to be careful with the 2027 and 2029 picks. That's where you've really got to be careful with those things because to LeBron, to Clutch, do those picks matter? No, they're going to be gone by then. So mm-hmm. trade those picks and get everything you can for them to help LeBron right now. That's going to be the 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 uh, the, the way that they're going to operate here. But for the Lakers organization, you've got to be a little bit 
more careful. You have to be concerned about those things because you're still going to be around to deal with the fallout from that. So look, there's up to this point, for the most part, what's been best for LeBron and for Clutch has also been best for the Lakers. I'm wondering if this summer we cross that line to where that is no longer true, where what is best for LeBron will not be what is also best for the Lakers. Now, I'm hoping that's not the case. Hopefully there's something that can be mutually beneficial, but that's where we can see conflict in terms of giving this much power to an agency, a particular player, anything like that. Sometimes those goals don't align, and that's where things can get really, really messy, and I hope that's not the path that we head down this summer. Uh, Mark, what are your thoughts on, on that dynamic and uh, LeBron's slash clutches? their best case scenario compared to what the best case scenario is for the Lakers. Are those two different things? Yeah, I think they're absolutely two different things. I mean, I think you kind of saw it with right now with the whole Westbrook situation and, you know, a lot of blame being tossed around saying it wasn't my decision. It was their decision and things of that nature. So yeah, I think there definitely is a dynamic there. And then now you got LeBron potentially being a free agent next summer Will he sign a new extension before then, or will he let it play out? We'll see. Obviously, he wants to play with his son eventually down the road, so that's going to play a factor in it. Even if he does re-sign, it's probably going to be another one- or two-year type of deal, so where he can kind of have control over that moving forward, playing with Bronny. So, yeah, man, I mean, there's definitely a dynamic there that needs to be resolved. I think this offseason is going to be very, very important. It's going to really tell you, who really has the say-so, right? Because like you guys mentioned before, like Ryan said, getting Westbrook made no sense basketball-wise, right? And especially when you're LeBron and we look at you as a basketball savant and your IQ is so high, you, just on paper, it just didn't make sense. I mean, LeBron needs to be surrounded by guys that can shoot the basketball. And obviously that's not Westbrook's game. He needs the ball in his hands. So never made sense from jump. Hopefully they can resolve it and get back into contention next year, man, because you don't want to waste these LeBron years. I mean, he's still playing at a very high level, still a top 10 player in the league, maybe top five, depending on how you rank guys. So, yeah, definitely something they, they need to clean up, man. But right now, I do think I definitely think there's a disconnect there for sure. Right. I've got uh, Rocco joining us as a, as a guest here. Rocco, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Good, good. What's on your mind? Let's talk Lakers. This season's been a mess. I'm not going to lie. Uh, frustrating to watch and upsetting. But I'm just wondering, what do you guys think is the best possible move with Westbrook and his contract? And where do you see us going from here on out? Ooh, good question. Sean, let's go to you first. What best thing you can do with Russell Westbrook's contract? Uh, trade him for a bag of Skittles. That's that's the best move on the table. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm joking. The best move on the table is the Indiana Pacers deal, in my opinion. If you're doing, if you're going to talk to Charlotte, I'm doing Gordon and Ubre. More cap flexibility down the road and more wing depth. But in my opinion, you take the two best players out of all of that, and that's that Pacers deal. Brogdon and Buddy Heald. You allow LeBron because I think next year, man, the offense, the LeBron shouldn't. Granted, he's LeBron, so maybe he's still stubborn and he's going to want to. He doesn't 
I want to see more offense where you get to set things up for LeBron and not have LeBron initiate everything. Um, so if you do that pace of trade, you get Malcolm Brogdon, who's also a good shooter, and when he's healthy, he's a good defender. Buddy Heal, they've been attached to that name for what seems like three seasons now. Um, the Pacers deal, in my opinion, is the best offer on the table out of trading him for a bag of Skittles. Ryan, what do, what do you think? Would you would you take the Skittles or are you taking the Pacers deal? The Hornets, is there something else out there that you like? Maybe a John Wall variation? What are your thoughts? Best case scenario for the Lakers this summer with Russell Westbrook? I prefer a king-size Milky Way, actually. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree with Sean. Um, if the if it comes down to those two possibilities with Charlotte and um, Indiana, I, I think you'd be pretty uh, pretty stupid not to take the Indiana one. Because, I, I mean, if, if the Lakers have learned anything over the past few years, you want to get away from guys that are injury-prone. And and Hayward just can't stay on the floor, man, you know? But Brock's so like, the same. Is he bad, though? Not yeah, as bad. He's he's pretty bad as far as injury. He was injured most of this season. I mean, I think they could have brought him back earlier, but they were tanking, so they didn't. But he's mm-hmm. pretty injury-prone. Well, I mean, if... All right. Well, even okay. Even with that, I would still say you would benefit more with the healed coming in because you definitely uh-huh. you got you got to have an elite shooter like that. You know, I mean, I I thought it made perfect sense for them to go after him before. Um, I just didn't know how the hell they were going to do it. Uh, but I mean, we heard all how that all panned out or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, it did make a hell of a lot of sense. I mean, you get guys like a, what a forty percent three point shooter for his career, something like that. Something Some crazy. Like that, right? Yep. Um, yeah, get that. Get a get a ball handler that's not that'll actually like adapt <laughs> or play its role correctly. Yeah. Um, opposed to you know, Ubre's good and, and Hayward's great when he's when he's healthy, but you just. I think that guy is probably one of the most undependable stars in the league, right? He just he just can't stay healthy ever since that nasty uh, uh, injury with Celtics. Ooh. That that first was it first game? Yeah, it was like yeah. the first five minutes of the first against game. LeBron too. right? It was like the first minute or so. Night it was, that was gross. Oh god, was so nasty, <laughs> so Ooh. nasty. Um, but yeah, he just hasn't been the same. And I mean. After seeing that injury, you can understand why. But, yeah, I would take Indiana. I think it's not realistic, but the best case scenario would be Russ decides I don't need money. I want to pick where I want to go. I don't want the team to trade me somewhere and says I'm declining my option. That'd be crazy. That would be crazy. It would be crazy. His, I mean, his agent would probably just say, that's it. I'm out. He's <laughs> I'm like, gonna... you're, yeah, you're certifiable. Yeah. You're you're, nobody's you're doing done, that. Dude. You need to get tested. Yeah. I'm kind of hungry, though, so I, I still prefer the Milky Way or the Skittles, <laughs> personally. It, oh, man. It's going to be interesting to see what they ultimately do with, with Russ. I think it's going to be a really key thing this offseason. I think it's the biggest domino to fall. Um, I do wonder if there's some other teams out there that maybe can get talked into or talk themselves into getting Russ, and then, then you go from there. I do think you have to clear the air. Like, if you bring him back, there's just so much bad blood, it feels like. Even between Lakers fans and Russell Westbrook, I just don't think you can really bring him back next season and expect things to go smoothly, even with a new head coach. So I think a move has to be made. Uh, Mark, where do you stand on, on Russ to finish up this this topic? 
Uh, yeah, before I do that, just a little breaking news. You guys see Woj's tweet? Uh, Booker? Evan Booker's no. going to play tonight. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, oh, that's, that's crazy. All right. Dude, not... you don't come back from ham- hamstring that quick. That's, you got to be careful. I, don't see that. He, I can see him doing that again real quick. Yeah, I don't get the urgency for the Suns for him to play tonight. That's if they were unless, down, unless they're like too. legit scared, you know. Yeah. What? Wow. Okay. But yeah. About Westbrook. Um. Yeah, it's over, man. The marriage is over. If you want to call it a marriage, it was a very bad marriage to say the least. Didn't last long. I mean, but he took all the stuff off his Instagram or whatever on his bio with Lakers. <laughs> so, I mean, he was talking about the fans and how people didn't basically stand up for him. And, you know, it was just just ugly, man, from on the court and off the court. So it's definitely time to move on. I don't, like you said, Trevor, I don't think this this can be mended at this point. I think uh, all the bad blood is there, and there's no coming back from this. Now for the Lakers, it's just about getting compensation from them, man, and getting as much as you can. I mean, mm-hmm. I know, Sean, you want a bag of skills, man. I think that's a little – I think you're lowballing it there, man. Uh, I think uh, we can at least get some M&Ms on the side too, man, with some Ooh. popcorn and stuff. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Get Ryan his Milky Way in there. I, I think yeah, can. man. Have a, have, a, have a good movie night, man. <laughs> a little versatility with that. Chicken parm, man. I want some chicken parm. <laughs> I think you might be asking for a little too much. I'm not sure Russ's value is that high. Mm-hmm. Rocco, what what do you think, man? You asked the question. What what are you hoping for with, with Russell Westbrook? I honestly, I think since it's been such a horrible season, if we can just get his contract for whatever, like you said, a bag of Skittles, a couple Kit Kats, maybe, then <laughs> if the front office is willing to spend and go in on a bunch of role players and not try to work out another three-star and a bunch of bums on cheap contracts, then I think that's the only way I could see us turning it around. So you don't want Kim Baseball, Mick? <laughs> He's ready. He's ready to come back if needed. Chop wood, carry water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Six man yeah. of the year, Kim Baseball. Yeah, I had I had high hopes for him. I, I thought he could at least be a ro- rotation player, but didn't didn't pan out. The uh, his drives to the rim were an adventure every single night. You just never Jeez. knew what the outcome was going to be. Um, but in any event, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement. I think they they've got to figure out a way to just put together a well rounded roster. Don't worry about having another star. Definitely don't worry about having another high volume ball handler, a guy who needs the ball in his hands. You did that two seasons in a row now with Dennis Schroeder, and then to a higher degree with Russ, let's not go down that path again. Let's take the model that worked and won and figure out a way to try to replicate that team, the 2020 team, as best as we can. That's that's the way I look at things. But um, Rocco, thanks so much for coming on here and joining us. Appreciate it. Good talking to you all. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I'm going to bring on. We'll we'll probably do one or one or two more here, depending on how everything goes. Uh, man, 
this has been it's been an off season so far for for the Lakers. I mean, all we've heard about so far has been potential coaching hires and then finger pointing and things like that. We're heading into May. I think the rumors are going to pick up even more. And then into June, we're going to get start getting crazy with draft stuff. There's going to be a lot. I think it's going to continue to come out. I keep waiting to see if somebody talks to Frank Vogel. If I, I want to find out, and maybe it'll be years from now when we first find when he finally talks. But at some point, I want to know how did Frank Vogel react on like July eighth or whatever when the the core of this roster was put together. Where was Frank Vogel at that point mentally? How many drinks had he had? Oh, he was wasted. <laughs> He had to be wasted. The 30 for 30 when it comes out is going to be elite. That's all I'm oh, going to say. God, tell, <laughs> tell all book dudes going to be, I got screwed. That That's coming. So I'm I'm curious to see what when that ultimately, because I think we're going to get, there's going to be more dirt coming out here as we get deeper into the offseason from this disaster of a season. And I just, I keep waiting to hear Frank Vogel's side of it because I'm sure there's plenty there for him to talk about. I feel for the guy. I really do. Oh, no, I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you guys think he becomes a head coach somewhere else? Yes. He'll get another job. If not this year. If I was him, honestly, I'd take a year off. because He's getting paid. Mm -hmm. The Lakers are paying him regardless. So he doesn't, you know. That that's got to be a fact. Like if you're Frank Vogel and you're saying I just went through hell for an entire season, and this team's going to pay me next year to sit at home. I mean, I, I I'd be thinking, man, I need I need some time to recuperate and uh, and regain my passion for the sport after what we just went through. He's one of the few guys that actually deserves to go to Cancun. So yeah, man. <laughs> take your trip, come back. I mean, we know what he is, like, but he's not a bad coach. He just won a title 18 months ago. Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. He's just, it's just the, the blame pie, right? Yeah. It's just piled on top of him. And he's such a good guy, right? He's such a good man. Like, the mm-hmm. way he, he would talk to the media and all that, and you could just tell the guy doesn't have a bad bone in his body. But he just got bashed by everybody, so... He he never got tripped up by any of the questions, any no, press conference. I, I was amazed. He just. I said the he, only even, time was when he got fired. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was the quote? He said, "Like I haven't been told shit." Yeah, right? that, that's what he. And that was that was him finally cutting loose because up until this point, literally every question, even the questions that are as loaded as they possibly can be, he mm-hmm. diffused them like an expert. Like he's part of the yeah, bomb squad, right. and he just took that thing out. I mean, it was it was unreal watching that guy handle interviews this season. I don't know if I've ever seen a coach do that to the degree that that he did. Not to say he was great at everything that he did, but just that was that was impressive to see the way he took even the most difficult questions and just chewed them up and spit them right back out. That's the best thing he did all see all year, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he, he was dealt a bad hand, man. The roster was poorly constructed for his style of coaching. Yeah. Oh, if if he picked, if he had any say in that roster, he was uh, doing drugs. And as Ryan says, <laughs> drugs is not good for you, kids. So uh, there, drugs there's are bad. Your, <laughs> drugs are bad. There, there's your lesson for the day, or whatever. All right, I'm going to mix things up a little bit. I'm bringing in uh, Cecil Laron, who has in his bio Lake Show, but also Go Pack Go. 
in the in the bio here. So welcome in. How, how are you doing? I want. Can I say thank you first for Devonte? Thank you. Ah, uh, listen. Um, <laughs> I am indifferent uh, when it comes to that move because uh, I'm unaffected. And at this point, I need to see what the team does in the draft. Because adding Sammy Watkins isn't doing anything for me at this moment in time. So hopefully they finally utilize the first round pick and get a receiver. You guys need to go get Debo, man. If you have the assets, go get Debo. No, they have I mean they have two first round picks, they have two second round picks. There's talks about them potentially moving up in the draft. Uh so we'll see what happens. But I wouldn't mind Debo. Uh I think for him, a lot of his talk is that he doesn't want to be used with a dual threat, like mm-hmm. a receiver and a running back. Well, he doesn't need to be in Green Bay, right? You guys well, no, have that running back. Yeah, because we have, like, you know, you have Randall Cobb, you have Aaron Jones, people that can essentially do what he was doing for the 49ers outside, like, the primary receiving thing. So it'd be interesting because I get why he wants to do that because he's trying to secure the wide receiver bag, not mm-hmm. the running back bag, because there's levels to this. There's levels to those contracts. Can I just add something really quickly? Um, Ryan said, was saying thank you. I don't think the rest of the AFC West agrees with that. Um <laughs> That, you, you, you got, that, that is the best conference, I mean, best um, division in the NFL right now. Uh, and yeah. if you ask me right now who I think would be the winner of that, it would be the Chargers. Oh, I'm, I'm yes. Thank you, man. Oh, <laughs> cut him off. Cut him I off. knew Trevor brought up a great guy. See, I, I just knew. I, I, I had a feeling. I was like, see, this guy, he, he, he knows his stuff. <laughs> On paper. Let's see what happens when we get closer to the season. But right now, oh. I'm just starting to win it. Oh, I love it. I bets. love it. We've all got NFL draft on the mind. That's that's for sure. And uh, I, I can't wait to see the way this all plays out. We'll see. I mean, hey, whoever Green Bay picks, if they pick up a wide receiver. Whew, that could be that could be interesting. Like, I mean, you go get Traylon Burks. Go get. I mean, Garrett Wilson probably won't still be there by their picks, but there there's right. some guys that could still be there. Chris Olave, I've seen mocked to them before. Like, yeah, they that's could add I'm, somebody. That, yeah, that's who I'm kind of looking at is Chris Olave, just because. From what I'm seeing from him out of Ohio State, uh, I think he'd be a great pick with uh, with uh, with Aaron. And the thing about it is, is that when you have a great quarterback like Aaron, and you've seen the the type of talent that these wide receivers, these first round, first you know year wide receivers have come in playing. I mean, it's you. I mean, Jamar Chase. You know, um, what's my man from Minnesota? I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, Justin Jefferson. Like first round, you know. First year uh, wide receiver just going off. So, uh, especially with the way that the league has changed, you know, from a just wide open getting the ball out, things of that nature, the Matt LaFleur offense, I, I, I can, I don't think it matters if it's a what a first year receiver, second receiver. We need help. We need people out there that can that can catch balls. That I think if they get a first round pick in the, as a receiver, I think they'll be straight. All right, man. Well, what do you think about uh, about the Lakers? That is the right answer. Indeed. I have been all year, I've been on Rock Lincoln's head just because I feel like this notion that he couldn't have said no to LeBron, I think that's insane. And if you're the general manager of the team, you're supposed to be the bridge between ownership and the team. And if Jeannie Buzz is saying, hey, you have a cap on how much money you can spend, why would you then trade four of your assets to go get Russ? A guy that isn't a natural fit next to your best player, LeBron. So I just think it was just like a bad, um, just a bad movement altogether. 
Uh, and I'm not going to sit here and blame Russ. Whole, like he could he could he play better? Absolutely. But the roster was just poorly constructed. Even Vogel, like Vogel's catching strays because you know some of his lineups and decision making throughout the game. He should be you know held to the fire for those decisions. Uh, but my all my vitriol is going toward uh, Rob Palenka. And I'm I'm actually interested because I know a lot of the talk has been about trades and what to do with Russ and things of that nature. For me, the first domino to fall will be the coach. Who do they get as the coach? And then do they give that coach the autonomy to, you know, put together his staff? Because I know when the Luke Walton um, firing occurred, I know there was a lot of um, pushback from the front office when it came to the staff that he put together and a lot of people in the front office really weren't fans, which is why you had someone like a Monty Williams, a Ty Lu, um, who rejected the job, not just from a monetary standpoint, but the fact that they weren't going to be in complete control. Uh, so I don't know if the Lakers learned from that mistake. Um, and that's the big thing. So I, I, I know you guys are talking about Darden Ham. Um, he's with Milwaukee. Now. I think he could be a great hire uh, for the team. He's a former player. And I feel like he could come in and, you know, and make, you know, make strides with the team. But that coach, whoever it is, they have to have some level of control. And, and when it comes to putting together their offense, when it comes to assisting with putting together the uh, the roster, because they're going to be restricted to what they can do when it comes to putting together the roster just because of lack of, you know, you know, uh, money and the fact that you have a $47 million contract on your book that hopefully you would think you can move simply because now it's an expiring deal versus, you know, having multiple years left on it. So I'm, you know, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic going into this offseason. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, it comes down to Rob Palenka. What are you going to do? And if, you know, if, and if and also, Kurt Willis, if you have this much pull, it, like, we – we got to start seeing you, in, you know, in the front. We got to start putting a spotlight on him as well, because if he's in these exit, you know, exit interviews, if he's, you know, step, stepping in into like the coaching and stuff like that, which has been reported, then maybe you need to start, you know, taking more of a, a more prominent role that where you're being seen and not just being able to hang in the background and not take any of this criticism. Uh, but until that happens, Rob link, I have my sights on that man. I mean, that is a great point. And as far as Rob goes, we'll find out what he's made of. Mark, we'll come to you. Is Rob Blinka, is Rob Blinka the guy to fix this? And can he, do you think he has the ability, if LeBron says he wants something, that, that Rob says this doesn't work for the team long term, do you think Rob can say no to LeBron? Yeah, I think he can, especially after this year. I mean, if everything is true that we've been seeing, it was LeBron's doing to bring Westbrook in here. So the fact that that fell miserably, you know, Rob kind of has some leverage to say, hey, man, we went with your way last year. It was an epic failure. It was the worst year in Lakers history, considering expectations. And I think LeBron will even say, you know what? You know, I'll still take your uh, I'll take I'll give you some input. But if you decide to go a different way than I do, then I'll just have to live with it. Right. And especially considering LeBron's contra contract situation with, with him being a free agent next summer, I think a lot of that plays a factor in it as well to, to the fact that he's not tied in long-term here. With the Lakers, obviously you would want to keep him around if you can, but I think that's a factor as well. But, but yes, I do think Rob can say no to LeBron. What do we think of Ryan? Well, LeBron's living the best days of his life, right? 
He's in he's in the Maldives or something, isn't he? Not, nothing's going wrong in LeBron's life. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> give a shit. Um, but I was gonna say I got I just figured out the uh, the answer for the coaching problem. I say we bring back Jason Siegel and a- Adrian Brody as a dual coaching. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I say that I think that's gonna work. I think it's that, that's when you turn things around, right? Oh yeah, immediately, immediately. Bad wigs and all. <laughs> oh, um, I, dude, it, it, it's going to get to the point where uh, Palenka is on the hot seat, right? I mean, he may only have one more year to really turn it around. If he, I mean, think about it. If he doesn't turn it around, this this upcoming year is probably not going to go on the coach. It's going to go on him, right? He was able to use. <laughs> Uh, Vogel as a shield this year, obviously, right? Uh, so he didn't take the blame, or no, none of the bullets came through. Uh, so I think next year, if the same thing happens, or if something similar happens, it's going to be all on him. So he he's going to have to make the best decision for the team rather than whatever LeBron thinks, you know. And I don't know if he has the ability to shut him out, but we'll see. It could be a really tense year. It could be one of those years where it's like a rift the whole year, you know, between him and, and LeBron. That's that's what I'm saying. I mean, is there is that the possible is that possibly where we head this offseason where there is a difference between what's best for LeBron and what's best for the Lakers? I mean, that's gonna be critical. And then what can what are the Lakers empowered to do? Are they willing to risk LeBron walking away? Uh in free agency in twenty twenty three, if that's the path we head down, are they okay with that? It's I, how they handle this, it's going to be so critical. And I can't even say, oh, clearly this is the right this is the right path. This is what they need to do. But it's going to be momentous in terms of what happens to, for, to this team for the next five, maybe ten years. The the decisions they make this offseason, it's going to be it's going to set that that chart for the Lakers. So we'll see what they do there. Uh, Sean, I'll let you get final word on this. What what are your thoughts on Rob Palenka? Is he the guy to fix this? I think, I think he can, I think he can fix it. Um, I think if you go back really the last two off seasons prior to this one, he had quality off seasons in terms of roster construction. Um, you got that championship roster, obviously you go trade for Anthony Davis, you get Danny green, you get these guys, three indie guys, you go back to the season after that, Marcus Saul, which I love the the signing, Montrez Harrell, uh, Dennis Schroeder. Although that trade cost us Des in vain in, in hindsight. Um, I, I, I just hope. Yeah, yeah, Ryan. I know. I, I cry <laughs> at least once a week thinking about that. Um, if if Rob Pelinka could realize, hey, we had a formula that wins. Because what the Lakes were what twenty one and six, twenty four and six before the injuries started happening last season. It was something crazy like that mm-hmm. before AD went down. Then LeBron has a two hundred fifty pound man fall into his knee. Um, so, or was it his ankle? It doesn't matter. I hope that just Rob in the front office realizes, hey, we had a two rosters that made sense. That you had a bunch of guys that could shoot and play defense. LeBron and AD. That's the formula that wins. And if you don't believe me, look at every contender around the NBA. They have one or two stars, and then a bunch of guys that can shoot and play defense. It's not that hard to win in the NBA. So who? So all right, all right this is the final topic I want to get to before I, before I got to run. 
who is it? And by the way, Cecil, thank you so much for, for joining us. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Um, appreciate it. Who is it, guys? And Ryan, I'll come to you first. Who from last season fits that mold? Guys who can play defense, guys who can play make a little bit, who can shoot a little bit. Who from last season needs to stick around that would fit with a team that has the goal of finding guys who can be two-way players next to LeBron James? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't just think tear it all down. Tear it all down. Well, I don't think anybody on this team really plays defense, you know. Um, except for AD when he's healthy, uh, it's just they're just they don't have that skill. <laughs> um, I mean, I love Malik Monk, but even his defense is suspect, you know. Uh, Austin Reeves, he gives you effort, you know, so keep him around, obviously. And what's his contract anyway, Reeves? Yeah, he's got a, a second year, uh, $1.5 million, I believe, for next season is, is Austin Reeves. Of course, I mean, non-guaranteed, but you'd have to imagine they're going to guarantee that because he's a bargain on, on that contract. Um, and, then it, and then it expires after next season. Uh, Stanley Johnson got on a contract winning Gabriel. I mean, those are the guys that I look at and think. I, I guess Stanley, you know, yeah. if I were to pick, you know, Stanley, when uh, Gabriel was good too, but he was kind of streaky, you know. Um, that's the thing. All these guys are very streaky, you know. Um, Stanley Johnson definitely got that meta vibe, though, in his game. Kind of clumsy at times, but he works hard, uh, and, he, and he can score, and he can play defense. So it's – I don't know. But if you had the option to wipe just, – just wipe it all out and, and start fresh for, with guys that truly do play defense, then I would go that way. Yeah, outside of outside of LeBron and AD, obviously, I'm going to go with Austin Reeves. I think he gives you everything you want from that position, a, a gritty defender. He gets after it. He plays tough and obviously has a high IQ offensively, especially for a young guy. I mean, the the, the reads he was making, uh, being a playmaker at times, his three-point shot, the clutch shots he made, the one in Dallas that stands out, obviously. And now I he's mean, got a shoe deal. That's right. Oh, he does. That's right. He's got I a shoe deal now. Oh, nice, nice. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. That's 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 what's up. But uh, yeah, Come on, Mark. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry, man. I've been all over the place. But yeah, I, I just think um, he he gives you everything you need. Like every winning team needs a guy like that, right? Like we're watching the playoffs right now. You know, you got those guys like we talk about Alvarado, right? Obviously Caruso. You know, he's different. He's taller than those guys, and he gives you a little bit different skill set, but. Every winning team needs a guy like that that just has the intangibles and is going to play on both ends of the court and just make the right basketball play. Hey, he's not going to – he could fit in any lineup because he doesn't need the ball in his hands, but he can shoot and he can defend. So I'm going to go with Austin Reeves. I, outside of the guys that everybody else mentioned, I, I'm honestly surprised we didn't talk about him at all. I'm bringing Kendrick Nunn back too, unless there's like a deal that makes sense and you can actually trade him off. Like well, Sean, we didn't bring him up because we didn't think he still exists. <laughs> fair enough. Was, uh, <laughs> fair, fair. My bad, Mark. Um, but no, seriously, like when he was healthy in Miami, career 15-point-per-game scorer and shot 38% from three last season for my – well, two seasons ago now, he apparently went ghost and turned into, uh, I don't know, a Marvel character for last season. But when he was when he's healthy, 15-point-per-game scorer, he's an off-ball scorer. They can play, fit in nicely, can be your six-man. And it's not a bad defender, definitely an upgrade defensively over Malik Monk. So outside the guys you already mentioned, though, that would be my other addition. 
I think that's that's interesting with Kendrick Nunn. Uh, I think his contract will probably be shopped around, but I mean, there's a reason why people were so shocked that the market got him at that price last summer, right? I mean, obviously, it's terrible that he's been hurt all season. It's been driving me crazy that I've seen so many fans taking out that frustration on him. He's not, he's not choosing to be injured or anything like. He's not like protesting yeah. the season or something like that. No, he's he wants <laughs> to play. Yeah, <laughs> he wants to play. He just physically wasn't able to play. But if he comes back and is healthy next season, I think Kendrick Nunn is the way you mitigate losing Malik Monk, right? Mm-hmm. That that's that. Not they're not the same player, but at least you can get a similar role in terms of being a scoring sixth man coming off the bench. Uh, so if you do lose do lose Monk, then I think Kendrick Nunn can kind of fill the role for you. But I think you focus on the young guys. You bring back these young players that can be two-way players that can play defense for you at a high level. We've seen in the playoffs how important having a young player can be. And then you build from there. And everybody else, if they want to come back, oh, you know, the discussion you can have when it gets to Carmelo Anthony and Dwight Howard and some of these guys, some of the veterans, Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, I I mean, Ken Bazemore, these these guys aren't going to be back. And then you got to round out your roster from there. But I'm taking the young players that showed they can have some success with LeBron, Austin Reeves, Stanley Johnson, Wenyan Gabriel, those guys, and then uh, and bringing them back, and then you roll from there, and and off you go. Yeah, Mac McClung. <laughs> there you go, Mac McClung. Hey, I, I want to see him at the Thomas and Mac McClung Dinner. That's <laughs> gonna be summer league in Las Vegas. I am ready for summer league, man. I'm gonna be, be there. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's gonna be gonna be a good time. I can't I can't wait for it. July seventh through seventeenth. Let's go. Let's yeah, go. It's coming up fast. It is real fast. It is indeed. It is indeed. All right, guys. Well, we should wrap things up there. Uh, appreciate all of you guys for joining us, and everybody, of course, who's listening. Sean, Mark, Ryan, you guys each represent a different NFL team. Best of luck to all of you, to each of you in the NFL draft tonight. Hopefully. Each of your teams will do something beneficial for my fantasy team tonight. I'm going to say it right now. My Chiefs are going to trade up and get Jamison Williams, baby. No, no, no. <laughs> You're supposed to acknowledge the best team out of us three and it's the Chargers. And, and then you could have just ended it on that. See? <laughs> you got to take the crown from the, from the Kings to be called the best, man. We've been running the AFC West for what, five years now. Sorry, your downfall is starting. Yeah, you hope. You hope. <laughs> Still got the but best the trash quarterback. talking begin. Still got the best quarterback and best coach in the division, baby. Let's go. Hey, by by the way, I I'll throw this out there. When we were at Blue Wire Studios a few weeks ago in in Las Vegas, we got to hang out for a bit with uh, with uh, Raiders tight end Darren Waller. Pretty cool dude, and he seemed pretty excited yeah. about the upcoming season. So Ryan, maybe you've. Uh, Maybe you've got something brewing there. Good, as long as they don't trade us. <laughs> I mean, I, I saw they're not going to trade him, though. Yeah, yeah, I saw the same thing. He even came out and said that the Raiders told him they're not moving yeah. him. But you know how that totally goes. You know? Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for, for joining me. Everybody out there listening, thank you guys so much for coming on here. We will do this again next week. Make sure you do go subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. Check out all of our written work over at LakersNation.com. And, of course, follow the Lakers Nation podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Until next time, everybody, see ya and stay safe.